Father, we thank you for your word and for opportunity to hear your word, receive your word, and act on your word, Father. We are doers, not hearers only. And we thank you, Father, for giving us the courage, the uh, insight, and the unction to perform your word, uh, to complete our lives, Lord, and to make our lives everything that we need them to be and you desire. So we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you. We praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So I thought we'd talk some about um, um, how sometimes works can interfere with our faith. You know, it, it's it's just a common thing to have happen. We run out of patience with, with the promise and, and you know, don't know what else to do. And it's easy to flip over and try to do it ourselves. So you're not really working by God's power. You're working by willpower. And willpower will never bring the promises of God to pass. So we're going to talk about that. And in relation to healing, uh, and, and by whose stripes are you healed? By whose stripes are you healed? And so if we keep understanding that the stripes of Jesus paid full price for everything, there's nothing lacking that we can do. There's nothing, no way we can help it, no way we can uh you know be a substitute ourselves there's there's no helping it and and i think once we we get over into that realm we realize that we're probably into works because we're not really strengthening our faith the way we should because many times we we know we need to get in the word and we know we need to get patience and we know we need to get understanding and, and leave God alone and quit bugging him and just worship him and thank him like we're supposed to, you know, do the things we're commanded to do. And and then we slip over into thinking, well, it's something I can do, something I'm doing wrong. That's first thing that comes in your mind. What am I doing wrong? What should I do more? What should I do? Well, you should maybe meditate a little bit more so you believe a little bit more and you get peace that it's already done and so it's it's that that uh concept of feeling that there is something more to do once you step into faith you, you we feel sometimes that there's something else that needs to be done and i'm not saying that it never, there never is, but it's never, it should never take us into the realm of works of righteousness. Do more of this, do this a little bit more consistently or whatever, whatever. I think it's good to do that, but as long as it strengthens your faith, I guess I should put it that way. If you're doing things that are strengthening your faith and you understand that keeping your faith strong is what's going to take you over the finish line, then then there are certain things that we do that help our faith in that that way we should never feel like our faith is perfect but we we need to feel that we please god with our faith amen so as long as you're you're uh uh putting your faith toward god you're believing him for it then your faith is is visible to him you know, you're pleasing him with it. You know, when you go to the word and you you begin to meditate <clears throat> on what God's word says about certain things, by his stripes I am healed. How many times can you read that? Well, you read it as many times as it takes 
for you to get it inside of you so the devil doesn't come and move it, you know, when he presents something in the natural that doesn't line up with the word of God. So this is the battle that we're in. We're in a battle to cling to God and to believe him in spite of obstacles. And sometimes it does take time for these things to be accomplished. You know, uh, God wants to give it to us right away. Anything that he's paid for at Calvary is a done deal. And if we could believe perfectly every single time, trust me, we'd have it that way. But there's so many obstacles in the way of our faith, and they have to be dealt with and removed so that we can get past those those obstacles and, and wholeheartedly believe God, be fully persuaded, uh, have no doubt and not wavering at all. And so when when we think about the the mandate that's upon us for our faith, then we'll realize that that there is more that needs to be added to our faith. There's some things that that we need to um, make sure uh, that we we are are not staggering in unbelief and not wavering in our belief that God has it for us already and not not trying to believe that there's something else that needs to be done for him to give it to us. You got me? Uh it's the Bible says only believe for a reason. That means believe and not doubt, only believe, believe and not try to help God, believe in and you know don't add anything to it. Just stay steady in your faith. And and I believe if we'll just take God as a, at his word like that, we'll have a lot of peace about what he's doing and not be so concerned about, well, why is it taking so long? And, and, you know, I started praying for this X number of years ago or months ago or something like that. And what's going on here, you know? And And I think it's more about trusting God through situations that will more or less develop our character because it's not just about our stuff all the time. And God wants us to know that because there's a project that's, that he's working on and that is causing us to conform to his son's image. And his image and his son totally trusted the father. There was no wavering there. There was no doubting there. There was total trust. Well, does that mean I have to be just like that? Yeah, (laughs) it would sure help. (laughs) It would sure help. You know, James says that that he who wavers, amen, is like a a ship tossed in the sea. He said, don't think you're going to get anything from God if you're wavering. One day you believe and the next day you want to go off and do something to make it happen yourself. Amen. And so we have to only believe. Amen. Believe and not doubt. And it is a full time job keeping your faith strong, you know, keeping your faith from wavering because your faith is wavering whether you know it or not. When you start looking for something else to add to believing God, man, because your faith, there have to be works of faith without works. Your faith is dead because it's by itself. And so we always say, well, the first thing you work, you must do is confess. Amen. But then you can get into works with your confession real easily. Believing that 
you need to say it X number of times a day in order for God to move, whether you believe it or not. You know, you confess more than you meditate on the word. You need to meditate, too, so the word gets engrafted. You understand what I'm saying? There's there's more to developing our faith sometimes than we realize. And I think that's the question sometimes we need to ask God is, God, how do I I don't really understand some things about this faith business. And what do I need to do to understand this better? Because I want to please you with my faith. I want to have the kind of faith that pleases you, not only so I can receive things. That's part of it. But there's something about feeling that something's lacking in us that will cause us not to be peaceful. It'll just harass you no end until you get to the bottom of it. Amen. And and you have to just, you know, want to to do what God wants you to do. You've got to make that a priority. Uh, you know, God, I got to get this now. I'm determined to get this. I'm, you know, brother so and so got it and sister so and so got it and, and I'm determined to get it too. I've got to get this. And once he knows your sincerity, then the rest of it is on him to begin to lead and guide you and feed you the right spiritual food and, and all of that and, and, uh, and, and put your heart into it. I think that's the thing sometimes that's missing from some of the things that we do. We know all the right things to do, you know, step and formula wise. But you got to have your heart in it, too. You know, you've got to really be sincere with God and really have that um, dialogue between you and him where he can constantly move on you and instruct you and show you the things that that he's doing and how to get them done. And so I believe that that God does honor our confession. He honors our faith, however we express it. And if we can rest in that, then the rest of it is up to him to bring it to pass. So our our end is the believing of it and expressing our faith, you know, not just believing, thinking, wishing, but how does God have you express that, you know, in, in everyday, day-to-day living? Uh, what's, what's the corresponding action to your faith that he's looking for? And see, God is the one who can tell us those things. And sometimes we're, he's the last one we ask about it. You know, we'd rather slip over into the works and say, look, God, look at what I'm doing. Is this right? Is that right? Is that I can do all this? Look at me, God. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. this, this. And we never know for sure if that's what he expects. And the best thing to do is put that before him and get the answer. That's what we don't want. Because then once you know what you need to do, it commits you to do something. Amen. You got to make some changes. And so there and oftentimes they're not big changes. They're small things. Because when you believe him, you're on the right track. Amen. And so it's, it's, he's being the author and finisher of our faith. See, he wants to do all of that to show us that he's God and he's in charge and he cares for us and we're not in this alone. I think that's the biggest thing we need to get over is this sense that we're, we've got to perform to please him. You know, like we've got to do, there's something that God's looking for us to do 
that's going to be hard for us to do. We're not sure we can do it. And all of this, you know, it's that performance uh, uh, reward thing that we're looking to do. And really, that's not it at all. God wants us to rest in him, trust him, believe him. All of the things that point to our faith have nothing to do with works involved in them. You know, they just have to do with with being peaceful with God and, and trusting him with our needs, our wants and our desires and allowing him to open up that place of revelation to us where we understand more. So so we we are in a, a, a war within ourselves of grace versus works. If it's by faith, then it is grace and not of works. Amen. So sin creates a debt. We know that. So we as human beings owe a penalty for our sins. And sin has caused us to need payment for our lives, our health, and our prosperity. So we all know that none of this comes free. Amen. And I think that's what's causing sometimes the 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 uh, fallback into works that we can get into because we know there has to be a price paid for our broken law. Amen. So the broken law imposes a curse. And God spoke this on uh, Adam, the man and the woman in the garden. And he created man, though, to live forever. So death came as a not just a penalty, but it was a mercy as well because death prolonged man's longevity on the earth in a way. Amen. And left him to be able to learn things about God that would bring him back to God. And so when you think about it, the things related uh, to the curse of the broken law really allowed uh, God to give us more time. And that time has been used to to develop a relationship with a family, Abraham's descendants. And begin to hand to them some some understanding of God's holiness and what we were doing that didn't please God. We call it the law. And so this was God's mercy. There was glory in the law. Amen. Even though it was weak and that it had to be accomplished through the flesh. Anytime you get enlightened and you learn something about God, that's a glorious thing. And so really the curse came not to totally cut man off from God forever, but really to extend man's longevity so that God could bring him back to him. See, if God let them die physically, they died spiritually because they were disconnected from God. And then the soul began to slowly die. Amen. If he had killed them physically, there would be no opportunity for him to bring us back to him. It would have been that first family gone. Okay. So, so death, the curse, when, when the curse was imposed, God realized he had to bring some understanding to man what the curse was and how to get out of it. So there was a way out that he told him about in the garden. He said, you're going to have a child. He's going to break this devil's head. And that's going to happen over a period of time. 
Amen. And so man's time was extended on earth, even though he does physically die eventually. But in each generation, God releases more understanding of who he is, how to please him, what the plan is. I got a plan to bring you back. Amen. You didn't just drop dead in the garden for a reason. The reason I extend your life is because I have things to tell you to do to bring you back to me. And he's still doing it. Amen. Sometimes we'll see him extend the life of people who are just totally, totally wicked. And you wonder what's going on. Amen. And he's extending life. The Bible says he's not slack concerning his promise like some men are, but he's long suffering, not willing that anybody should perish. And that's a blessing for all of us because he was long suffering with all of us. Amen. And so, so God then puts a different purpose on time. You know, when he had, when man was first created, God put time. He said the, the night and the day were, were uh, the, the day and the night, the sun and the moon going up, coming down was one day. And he instituted time before he put man in the garden. See, time came on the first or second day of creation. I forget which, but it was kind of early. And then on the sixth day, he created man so man was born in time amen time already there so man was able to see what time consisted of and so god then begins to add purpose to time amen the sun coming up uh, allows man to be able to work certain number of hours when it goes down the night comes when no man can do what work and so he he put him there for that purpose of tending the garden and that was really the the primary reason for the day and the night and for the time that he created him in then when man fell god had to put a different purpose on time amen you see it in ecclesiastes i think it's either three i think it's ecclesiastes three where it says there's a time and a season for every purpose under heaven amen uh, in the garden, I don't think Adam did crops by seasons like we do now. We're in a place of extended time where it's dragged out so that the long suffering of God can, can show us his love. He can't show us everything in one day. He can't show us everything overnight. It takes time for him to reveal himself, for him to call people, for him to uh, do things uh, with individuals it took abraham and sarah what 13 17 years i think it was to have the baby that god promised time didn't mean anything to god it meant something to them but when they got faith in god time ceased to mean anything to abraham and sarah do you hear what i said i just heard it myself <laughs> when you get in when you have faith in God, time ceases to mean anything to you. So being anxious about how long it's taking for God to do something, we think, means that we're really outside of faith. Amen. you got to get over in faith where time doesn't really mean anything. Amen. The only thing that means anything is pleasing God. Amen. And so many times we can 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 accelerate time. You know, with our faith, we have certain certain uh, controls over it because time is a function of earth. So we can have some control over it, 
just by uh, expression of God's word. Amen. Uh, in Amos nine thirteen through 15, things are going to happen so fast. Our heads, it's acceleration of time. And the way you agree with that is you expect things to happen so fast. You can't sit back here and watch and say it's taking too long and expect to receive out of that. You've got to expect acceleration. You've got to expect quick. You've got to expect it to happen just like God says it does. And once we get in line with that, then we'll, and sometimes you just have to shake yourself and say, no, wait a minute. It's going to happen so fast. It's happening so fast now. I'm expecting blessings, God. And let me stop being concerned about time. Amen. And so, Because the the law was broken and imposed a curse, we were separated from God. God had to draw us back to him by teaching us about himself. That's the reason for the commandments, to teach us about God and to teach us how to please God. God had to draw us back to himself by teaching us about himself and his plan to bring us back into eternal life, into his life, into the Zoe life of God. He taught us right and wrong, and every law he gave only emphasized our need for a Savior. So the law was never meant to make us think we could do it. The law was meant to convince us that we couldn't. Amen. And so once we understood, see, this is why the Pharisees couldn't receive Jesus. They felt they could do the law. They felt they were doing the right thing and nobody could match them. They thought they were right with God because they washed their hands and cups and pots and all that kind of stuff. You know, that was the original OCD. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Washing things all the time. And Jesus would blow their their minds and tell them, you're just doing the outside of stuff. What are you going to do about your inside? Amen. That was supposed to provoke them to wonder, what's he talking about inside? Inside is where your righteousness would reside, where true righteousness, where the righteousness of God resides is on our inside, not our outside. It doesn't really matter uh, what what kind of food we eat. You know, God says nothing's to be refused. Now, you can eat because you just enjoy things, and but don't make a sermon out of a, a you know, a, a vegetable. You understand what I'm saying? It's just people just are in the new covenant. We just take what we have with thanksgiving, and, and we bless God for it and thank him for it. And it's sanctified by the word of prayer. Amen. It's made right for us by our prayer over it. Amen. And that includes anything and everything. Amen. So so we have to understand that the law came to teach us right from wrong, teach us God's ways, uh, teach us really to be like God. When God says don't kill it's because he doesn't. Now he can. And, and sometimes he does really that 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 commandment really means don't commit murder. Don't take an innocent life. Amen. Anything, anybody leaves out of here through God's power is because they're, they are, are breaking the law in some way and, and the wages of sin is death. You know, you're going to die at some point. Everybody is. The, the purpose is to die inside of Christ and not outside of Him. 
Amen. So God teaches us right and wrong in every law uh, uh, through through the commandments that he gave. But the thing of it is, w- w- the law should have convinced us as a need for a savior and righteousness. And we had no power on our own to fulfill the law. And God needed to be satisfied that the penalty was paid for the laws that we had broken. All of mankind had broken throughout the years. God had to be satisfied that that penalty was paid so that he could allow man to enter into eternal life once again. And so somebody had to come along. Some man had to come along and fulfill the law to free us up from the penalty and the curse of it. Amen. God said he writes his law on our hearts now. They're not on tablets of stone. Amen. Stone because it represented the condition of man's heart, the hardness of his heart. So God's love could not be inscribed on a stony heart. He had to take that out, give us a heart of flesh. He promised that through through the prophets. Ezekiel was one where God began to promise how he was going to change us. And not anymore are you going to have this hardened heart. It's going to be, I'm going to make it easy for you to obey me. In other words, I'm going to make it easy for you to use your faith. I'm going to make it easy for you to develop your faith. I'm going to make it easy for you to live by faith. Amen. And so... Jesus was the only one who came and fulfilled that law so that it didn't have to be instituted anymore. Once something is fulfilled, it's done away with. Amen. So that law was done away with through fulfillment, not through God wanting to give us an easy way. Amen. And so once Jesus fulfilled the law, the father was satisfied that he had a man that did it and so he could institute the new testament where through initially one man's sin the first adam sin came became our inheritance through one man's obedience and righteousness then righteousness becomes our inheritance from here on out so just as we had an inheritance because of adam's disobedience Christ now comes as the last Adam to fulfill the law and obedience, and we now have an inheritance through him, a man of spiritual inheritance. That's why he had no wife. That's why he had his wife was inside of him when he walked the earth. We were inside of Christ the whole time. We were in there when he walked the earth. We were in there when he When he was crucified, when he went down in hell, when he raised up, we were raised up in him with him. Amen. And so because all humankind is that way, that's what God does. Amen. He knew Jesus knew that he would fulfill the law and he would do everything right. And God honored him by placing seed on the inside of him. Amen. One man died for the sins of all humanity. Amen. So Jesus' spiritual seed, we were inside his spirit. Amen. We were inside of Christ the whole time. Amen. Bride was inside of him. Amen. Safe and sound where, where nobody can harm her or she can't harm herself. Amen. So 
God needed to be satisfied that the penalty was paid for the laws that we broke. And Christ, because he fulfilled every single prophecy that was said about him, we see that he was the fulfillment of the law as well. So he fulfilled that. Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death, and the soul that sins shall die. His plan was to provide a substitute sacrifice that would take our place in suffering sickness, poverty, and death. Amen. The Bible says Jesus became poor that we might become rich. He let go of all the treasure of heaven, and when he walked the earth, he he told people, I don't have a place to lay my head. Amen. This king, my kingdom is not of this world. I ain't staying here. I don't need this world's wealth. I'm not stopping to accumulate anything. You know, he must have trusted God if Judas was the treasurer of the ministry. Amen. So <laughs> that put a punctuation mark behind it. So the whole curse of the law would um, be uh, uh, broken by the substitutionary suffering of an innocent soul. See, if, if Jesus had committed one sin, he would have died for his own sins. Amen. The fact that he is sinless is very important for us because he qualifies as a sufficient substitute, something the Father can can uh, accept. He was acceptable to the Father. He did all of the, he obeyed the Father. He continually said that. I do nothing except I see my Father do it. Amen. So they had a relationship where Jesus was the express image of the invisible God. So nobody can say they don't know what God is like. If you see Jesus, you see him. Go read the Bible, read the Gospels, and see what God is like. Jesus was always merciful. He was always giving to others. He was always showing love. Amen. He was always living the kind of life that that God would want other people to emulate. So there's nothing in Christ that that should make us say, oh, we, we can't do that, that he did. Amen. And, and on top of that, the power that he walked in to do those things has increased with his resurrection. See, now he's got power over sin, death, hell, the grave, all the powers of darkness. And so he has given us the power as well. So that when we submit to God and resist the devil, the devil must flee from us. He, he has, once you stand in righteousness, there's no sticking power for sin. There's no way it can adhere itself to you. Amen. And we can sit around and think stupid and, and challenge God and, and want to do this and want to do that if we want to. But the truth of the matter is righteousness is more powerful than sin. We, we live in the all-powerful kingdom of Almighty God. And so there is no way this is the same thing with sickness. Sickness can't stick to us. It's got to go. Amen. Um, and, and if we will stand and resist it and, and just not succumb to it, not just embrace it and accept it, make excuses for it, and, you know, all of the stuff sometimes that we do, just continue to give it the stiff arm and treat it as an enemy. Sickness you over there. Amen. 
my righteousness is over here and we resist you in the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> so in first Peter one nineteen, <clears throat> it tells us how Jesus qualified as the sinless lamb. Okay. First Peter <clears throat> one. In verse 18, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, things of this earth are corruptible from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who truly was foreordained before the foundation of the world but was made manifest in these last times for you. Amen. So Jesus Jesus already had had paid the price for our sins, but that had to be followed through with action. Amen. So so we were really we could put faith in his word, in God's promise, and in God's covenant and receive, just like Israel did. Amen. But Jesus still had to come and pay full price so that it was made available to us just by receiving. Amen. If we can can understand it, once the deed is done, once it's carried through, this new covenant, we we get what we get by receiving by faith. Amen. In the finished work. Not just the word, but in the finished work. Israel had to have faith in his word and what God said and obey what he said in order to get the promises. That was Old Testament. We are are, are received by faith in the finished work. So you got to believe that everything's done that needs to be done. And there's no more works that we must do in order to impress God or you know, whatever, even work sometimes even sounds silly to us because we wouldn't know what works to do. I mean, it, even if you think your, your, your faith isn't what it should be to please God, what would you do to make it better? You can guess a million things and none of them be right. So you have to rely on that work was done already. That's been accomplished. I can't do anymore. I, there's nothing missing from what Jesus did. And I think if we, we train ourselves to continue to think that way, it'll make the expression of our faith more genuine. It'll make the expression of our faith, you know, remember the back in the old days, if we wanted something from God, we were praying for something, what we do, cut a picture out and stick it on the refrigerator, you know, and, and go buy it every day and thank God for it. And that's fine. But you got to have faith in your heart. You got to faith that the work has been done already. Because it's easy to start putting up pictures and claiming things without ever developing any faith in, in your heart. Number one, in his word. And number two, that he did all the work to bring the work, the word, the word to pass in everybody's life. And so there's a twofold faith. Uh, I think we have to have we have the when the Bible says when Mark eleven twenty three says have faith in God, that means have faith in God what He says, what He's done, 
what he's accomplished and what's finished. And so once we understand that faith is is not just memorizing some scriptures and, and confessing them, but you have faith in a person who has already done everything he needs to do for you to receive that. And once that burden for having to prove something is lifted off of you, then your faith does work better. Amen. It works better. You say, God, I have faith in you. You you died for me. You you gave all this for me. You took on sin on your body for me. Amen. So that I could. And you did a total job. You did enough. You satisfied the Father. You pleased the Father that it was done. And now, now I can receive this now. Amen. It's mine now. You did it already. And what you did entitles me to get mine now. Amen. And And really understand what God has done uh in Calvary and 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 get your mind at peace get your mind at ease uh allow yourself to just rest in it amen or <laughs> faith is supposed to bring us rest anyway amen so anytime you're restless about something you know just go to God and say God I, I want to stay in faith on this and I need you to help me with this. We always need his help. We always need the Holy Spirit's help. Amen. So uh so anyhow, in first Peter here we just read here that we were purchased, we were redeemed with incorruptible precious blood of Jesus as a lamb without spot and without blemish who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the earth. Amen. His word was given before the foundation of the earth, but was manifest. We saw it. We all can be known to be witnesses of Calvary by the fact that the Gospels are written. See, we can read that. And we we know that he was made manifest in these last times for us, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. So your your faith must be in God. Amen. Not you and not your faith, but in God. Because once you put a person in charge of your life, then there's things can happen for you. See, until you put God really in charge of your life, you're not sure when it's going to happen, if it's going to happen, are you pleasing him, whatever. Amen. But once you put faith and hope in God in in your life, amen, then you are, are on your road to receiving and receiving in confidence and being confident that, that you're okay with God. Amen. And so, <clears throat> thank you, Lord. We are born again, verse 23, not of corruptible, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So once you you know that God has accepted your faith, you you believe him, you believe his word, then you just embark on a, a, a I guess, a, a, a walk of rest, <laughs> just resting in the fact you know, and, and, and just stay close to God. That's, that's the thing I think is kind of hard for people sometimes. You know, in your thoughts, you might begin to stray away. You might begin to wonder and you wander 
and you you wonder what God thinks and and what's taking so long and is there a hindrance here and and what do I need to do? Well, if there is, God can tell you. He'll lead you and lead you to correct some things. Amen. Uh, one of the things I know that that I'm I'm slack doing sometimes is praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, enough to keep myself built up so I have peace with God again. So it's not that I have to pray in tongues a certain length of time to please God, but I'm praying to build my spirit man up and and keep my most holy faith the way it's supposed to stay connected to God so that in my mind I don't wander and stray away and start wondering you know, what to do and what to do next and and all of that. And so there has to develop a confidence in our walk with God, uh, a, a, a place where you can say, you know, I, I'm pleasing God. I'm pleasing you the best way I can, God. Please tell me if there's something else I need to do to please you. Please tell me, the, you know, how to keep from wavering and wondering and all of that. I need some help with that because I know that's not good for me. You know, the things that we know that aren't good for us, we can address those. But but feeling like God knows something's wrong and he won't tell you, that's not right. See, that's not the right attitude to have about God or that you're in the dark about something that he needs to tell you about so that you can receive what you need. He's already given us, amen, all things that pertain to life and godliness. So these things are given. They're paid for, totally paid for. There's no more stripes we need to bear, amen, beating ourselves up because we didn't get it yet. You know, how crazy is that? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> when you have it already. Amen. You can tell the devil is too late, devil. You can't tell me I can't have it because I got it already. Amen. Well, where is it? It's in glory where you can't get it and I can't get it either. Amen. And there is a due season because my God is faithful. Amen. And and just know that, that God isn't withholding anything. You know, it's not like, I remember that little game we used to play with, with little kids. You put a, a quarter in in your hand and put both fists behind your back and pull them out. And you got to hit one and decide. That's not how God deals with us. Amen. He's not in a guessing game with us. So we guess what we need to do and all of that. Just have faith in him. Amen. Keep your faith in him. Don't let your faith wander off and get it involved in something else. But let your faith remain in him. Many times we think that we can uh, kind of like uh, do certain things to prove to God that we're sincere. And the only thing that you can do is worship him and, and, and stay close to him. That's that's your sincerity. Amen. Walking in the mind of God, you know, those are things that that will help us, our faith to stay strong. Uh, being distant from him doesn't help it. It doesn't help your faith. It doesn't help your confidence. doesn't help anything. And so walking close to him, walking in the spirit, walking in the mind of God, fellowshipping with him, talking to him, letting him hear your thoughts, conversing with him. All of those things are faith, faith strengtheners where 
I think if we knew God better, we would have less concern about adding works to what we're doing. You know, it just is true. I mean, it's like anybody else that, you know, somebody you just met, and they promise you something, you'd have your doubts about it. Say, well, let me see what they're going to do. But God, we can, we can, we have a record of his abilities, of his faithfulness, all of that stuff. We can go to the word anytime and see what God did and see what he will do. And so once we have that, then we know that we know that we know that God is going to come through for us. There's no doubt that we're going to get our healing. There's no doubt that we're going to get our whatever it is he told us to believe him for next. Amen. As far as material things is concerned, there's no doubt. Amen. That those things are coming. And when we find that we're doubting, especially in our minds, we can retrieve that promise. Amen. Uh, just grab it again. No, uh, uh-uh, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to think like that because I believe just like he said, he's going to do it just like he said he would. Amen. And just allow God to, to manifest that. So what is it that's, that's holding things up? Well, sometimes it can be our confidence in him. We have to be fully persuaded. And if it took Abraham, what do we, is it 17 close to 20 years he was 70 wait a minute when god first found him how was he 77 or something like that it's close to 20 years that it took him to get into that faith righteousness that allowed him to be able to let go of all of his concerns about god bringing this to pass and and that's a glorious position to be in, you know. Um, and it's not hard because there are some things that you and I can believe him for pretty quickly, you know, pretty easily. We have pretty good confidence in certain areas in our faith. Um, uh, you know, things like, uh, well, healing, like when we intercede for other people sometimes, you know, people call up and say, well, can you pray for me? And you begin to jump on that devil and tell him where to go and leave this person alone. And pretty soon they're back on their feet again. Amen. And, and so, so in, 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 but see, God is doing something else in us with the things that we need. So he, he has the full sovereign authority to develop our 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 character in him as we're believing him for things amen character i guess you could say things without character can ruin you but if if you get things but if you get character and add things to it then the character will carry you through so that you don't get ruined by things amen and so, and, and just believe that, you know, just understand that God is doing something beyond what we understand and beyond what we could ask or think or beyond our expectation. Uh, he's working some things out for us for our good. Amen. So that, so that we're not ensnared by the enemy so quickly. So that we're not, uh, put in a place where we can squander the resources of God. Amen. Uh, things like that. So, and, and we're not, um, uh, believing in fairy tales. We, why our faith needs to be rock solid because of who we believe in. 
So it's the faith of Jesus, amen, that we're after. It's that quality of faith, that kind of faith, that brand of faith that, that it, that pleases God. And, and that's the other thing. We, we need to understand that we have to please Him with our faith. Many times that's not even in our vocabulary pleasing God with our faith we're so busy looking at oh Lord it's taking so long what's taking so long I got to get my stuff and and uh, you know we don't look at gosh God how do you feel about that that I just thought or that I just said amen and so uh confidence in God talking him up He's not a liar. He's going to do this. I know it's going to come. I know it's going to come to pass just like he said, because he's God. He's got all integrity and he loves me. I'm the apple of his eye and I'm, I'm here to, to lift him up. And as long as I lift him up, I can draw people to him and draw myself to him. As long as I praise him and exalt him, he's right here beside me and, and helping me, guiding me, leading me counseling me telling me what's best in this situation giving me more confidence in him amen i'm over the moon in love with god amen (laughs) and and that's what he wants he wants relationship he wants us to be able to know that he's a good god amen and it's like yeah don't be afraid of me come closer let's talk let's let's reason together amen and and so once we understand that there are some things that are in it for him do you mind if he has something in it for him and not just the one sided we got to have everything a lot of times we're impatient cuz we're tired of believing tired of being so diligent in the word gotta pick it up every day or i'm scared i won't get this you know i'm scared my faith is gonna slip i gotta get that word every day and we should do that anyway but you know over a period of time we we slip you know we all do it we get a little comfortable we get involved in in uh, our prayer life or whatever we feel we're doing for god and we think that covers everything We need to pray more the more we are given to do. Amen. Because that can slip. (laughs) So so we have to, you know, the manna was was to be gathered every day. Now, you got to sleep in one day. You couldn't really sleep in then Sunday. You know, you didn't work on Sunday. You gathered enough on Saturday to last you for two days. But that was it. And the people that wanted to sleep in every day were the ones that tried to gather too much. And it rotted on them. Amen. So you you can't overdose on the word per se, but you can maybe like think to yourself that you can skip a couple of days, three days, and what you have will go stale on you. Amen. You'll be trying to, to, you know, get your confession. So, what was, what did I, how did I say that to let, Lord, what did I say? <laughs> I need your help even with that. Can't even confess the word right. Amen. So it's, it's a daily thing. You know, that, that, 
every day the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. You got to show up every day to, to eat if you're going to pray that prayer. Amen. Same thing with the manna. People who were greedy and lazy wanted to collect too much on one day. Well, let me get a bunch of this and then tomorrow I can sleep in. I can skip this stuff. Go do something else. Amen. And so God wants to meet with us continually every day. That's why he lives inside of us because he wants contact all the time. If he didn't, he wouldn't have moved in. Amen. And so we have to expect that and we have to train ourselves in that that god wants contact every day and not just us drilling him about when we gonna get something and what else do i need to do to get this god sometimes we just need to say lord i love you i'm not really looking for anything of course if you got something that you want to send down here (laughs) i'm all open the the window to my heart is open the garage is open everything's open i'm ready (laughs) but he knows he's got us on the right road see we're on the road to to completing our faith amen in him and so he wants us to do that so so jesus was the one sinless sacrifice we talked about first peter 119 is also parallel with Exodus 12:5. It was a lamb without spot or blemish or any such thing. Um, people who are, you know, um, some of the commentaries you might read about the birth of Jesus, um, sometimes people wonder, well, why did he appear to shepherds? You know, I mean, it could have been anybody, but it was shepherds who were guarding the flock by night, you know, which is common for shepherds. But there are many people who believe that these were the, the shepherds that were experts at examining um, the animals for sacrifice. Amen. And so that, yeah, and they, he was, he was announced. Let me see if I can find it because I want to make sure I got this right. In Luke chapter two, let me see. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. The angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about him. They were sore afraid. The angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born in this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you, a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Suddenly there was with the angels multitude of the heavenly hosts singing and praising God. Let me see. One of the shepherds. Yeah. The shepherds said one to another, let us go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass. Uh, Let me see if it's in Matthew 1. Sorry about that. But it is thought that that they were guarding a flock that was to be turned over for sacrifice. Okay, that's that's 
who was in this flock. And that was their specialty to examine uh, and to be made known to them that there was someone coming that would take the place of what they were doing there. You know, the shepherds were one of the first to to be told about it. Uh, I don't see it on here. Thank you, Lord. If I can find some evidence of it later on, I'll I'll bring it to you. But uh, it's thought that 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 was significant. That was the significance of letting shepherds know because they were interested in the sacrifice that was to be made. And so Jesus was born to be the sacrifice for us. So the shepherds would be ones to be interested in that. Amen. Uh, The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Amen. So in Isaiah 53, we know that uh, the, the substitute for our sin had to be sinless, flawless. And he had to meet God's requirements, had to be inspected, and he had to pass God's inspection of sinlessness. So in Isaiah 53, we see where Jesus received all of the wounding that was necessary to pay for our sins. Now, when when the lamb was slain, this was not done. The lamb, they just ritually killed them and offered them up. And the burnt offering was offered before God and the scapegoat offering was offered as well. Jesus was the substitute for both of those. And so um, he was wounded for us, not for himself. Amen. He didn't know anything for his own soul. His soul was perfect and and he never sinned. So in this way, he qualified as a substitute for all of man's mankind. And that's why he is the healer, not a healer, the healer, because he's the only one who paid the price for it. So he owns healing. So any healing has to go through him. It has to meet now in order for us to be healed. We have to meet his qualifications. He met the father's as a substitute and sin was laid on him. And it is through him that we receive our health. It is through him that we receive atonement. It is in his name that we are healed. Amen. And by his stripes. So he was wounded for us, not for himself. In this way, he qualified as a substitute for all mankind. And we we went over that, that we were in Christ. Everybody who's born again was in Christ at the time of his suffering. That's really what identification means. Um, in 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 his suffering, we identify with him because we were with him. We were in him when he suffered. Amen. And we're in him now that he's healed and he's raised from the dead. He's he's in all power right now. And so we are in him. You weren't just in him when you got born again, that you didn't enter into Christ at that time. You were in him before the foundation of the earth. Amen. Because God put seed within each of his creation after its own kind. So we are the seed of Christ. We didn't just get put in him when we got saved. We were already there. 
And so our faith really activates our life in him because now we have unlimited power in God. Because we came into him as a seed and we were born again and that seed of life has been activated, it's unlimited potential that we have in God. We don't have unlimited potential outside of him. It's unlimited in him. Amen. And so as we feed on the word, we nurture that seed of life that's in him. And he says he's the vine and we're the branches. So we have to stay grafted to him. We can't disconnect from him and still have the attributes of God, still have the promises, still have everything else. Without him, we can do nothing, he says. And it is true. And so once we get into understanding what it means to stay grafted in to the vine, stay grafted into the seed. We stay grafted in, in in many different ways through our worship, through our, our obedience to the word, through our fellowship with him, talking to him, allowing God to examine us and, and meeting up to his requirements. Amen. So in Isaiah 53, it starts out in verse one, who has believed our report? To whom is the arm or the strength of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root of a dry, out of dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness. So this really, a tender plant out of dry ground means supernatural. Amen. Plants have to be watered in order to grow. But he springs up supernaturally. Amen. He has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. This is really talking about him on the cross. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. People were ashamed of him. In fact, um, if you look at the gospel accounts, it appears that John was the only disciple that was present when Jesus was crucified. Everybody abandoned him. And it says, surely, though, he has borne our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. So we we looked at him and we thought he was being punished for something he did. But he was wounded for us, our transgressions. The truth is, he took this on for us. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Many times when we confess the word meditate, it's really to convince ourselves that it's true. Because, you know, if you think about it, the minute symptoms come to you or something else, your mind goes down that bunny trail and you'll follow that for a season. You think, oh, but I'm healed. But then you you dropped your confidence in God and you picked up. You let that get your attention, you see. And so really the goal of faith is to keep it focused in God. Now, your mind will wander and, and things like that will happen, but you don't want, you want to stop that with the word. Amen. You want to discipline yourself to come back, bring your mind back to what was I meditating on? Ah, by the his stripes, I am healed. 
and I receive it now. I'm healed now. Lord, I thank you. I'm healed now, and I have it now. Amen? And just continue to hammer away at sickness by receiving from God now because he's already given it to you. He's not waiting on anything to heal anybody. Amen? He's waiting on us to be fully persuaded. So while you're wondering what's taking so long, work on persuading yourself some more. Oh, God, you're not a man that you should lie. I'm going to stop doubting you. My mind is doubting you. Now, Jesus says in Mark 11, 23, that you not doubt in your heart. Amen. And so a a little way I have of, of making sure that it doesn't, God doesn't, that doubt does not work its way in my heart and I just give up on believing God for certain things is that I let the conversation end with I receive your stripes. Your your stripes are what healed me, Jesus. By your stripes I am healed. I agree with your word and it will come to pass. Amen. So don't let doubt in in slipping your mind, slipping, don't let that be the last thought you think. Let the final thought be you're healed. You have it already. That you have it, you know, as many times as your mind wanders and you might want to think, oh, boy, what's wrong? Something's wrong. Nothing's wrong. I'm still believing. You know, you got to bring yourself back every single time. And and it's a discipline that we have to walk in where we can't let everything just zip through our minds and we pay attention to it. We've got to stay focused on the job at hand, and that is to bring home uh, what God has. Many times we please God with our faith and don't have the manifestation yet. So don't let the enemy hoodwink you into thinking there's something wrong with, with what you're doing. Amen. And, and we think the minute we believe God perfectly, bam, it's in the door. Amen. But that's not true. Amen. So he's doing something in us and causing us to to live by faith. I know we think it's wrong, 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 but it's right, right, right. Amen. Because he's got to have people who conform to his image. He can't have a bunch of greedy Christians down here wanting to hog up a lot of stuff because he got a lot of them down here doing that. Amen. And so he wants to have people that are trustworthy. And, and competent and skillful in the word. Amen. It's your skill in the word that he's after as well. Amen. So um, he was wounded for us, not himself. He didn't know anything for his own soul because he never sinned. In this way, he qualified as a substitute for all mankind. Amen. He paid for healing. He owns it. So we receive the atonement when we say yes to Jesus. His offer to take all penalty, all curse from us. So we can do nothing to add to what he's already done. Amen. There's nothing. He's, he, he didn't lack anything of what he did. It, it was a perfect work and it was a complete work. So he pays the penalty and ransoms us out of the power of darkness. So we had to have a proper price paid so that we could go free from sin. And Jesus is the only one qualified to pay that price. He was designated to pay that price. His purpose was to die. Amen. 
the only man born to die, folks. Everybody else is born to live forever. But he was born to die as a substitute so that when he's raised up, we live forever in him and with him. So we receive atonement when we say yes to his offer to take all penalty. So there's nothing we can do to help what he did. There's nothing lacking in our faith as long as we're expressing it. Amen. Now, when you know, now I know people have different things that they can point to in the word where Jesus would say, oh, you know, ye of little faith, how long? But there's that was before he went to the cross. There's no little faith anymore. There's the faith of the son of God. And that's it. It's the faith that there are inheritance of faith. It's a faith that was was handed to the saints. Amen. And it's it's really better than Abraham's faith, even though that blows our mind. So Abraham's seed is Jesus Christ. So the inheritance increased with the seed. Amen. It has to. When you plant a seed, you don't just get one plant. What do you get? Amen. You get a bush. And so Jesus' righteousness, it exceeded that of Abraham who believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. But it wasn't something that could be transferred onto all of his descendants. Jesus' faith is transferred onto all of his seed. We are his seed. Amen. We are his seed. And so when you think about it that way, it's if Abraham's faith blows our mind, think of how we should think about the faith of the Son of God. It's even more mind-blowing. Amen. He said even greater works would we do. Now, I don't think that means to outdo him in in quality, but certainly quantity. We can do a whole lot more preaching and soul winning than Jesus ever did as one man. So we can we can exceed that. So he's promised his seed has more than what he had when he walked the earth. Amen. And so as we live in Christ now, he is distributing what we need to us. Amen. And it's abundant and it's great and it's all powerful and it's overcoming. It overcomes all the darkness that ever could have uh, confronted us. So we should have no problem staring down symptoms, staring down sickness, staring down poverty, staring down anything that would confront us because he has now all power and given over to us. Amen. So so the seed increases over the the uh, the um, father or over the the. Abraham's faith, his Christ is his seed, so he has a greater faith than Abraham even had. Amen. And so that's that's what we can rely on. But but let's look at Abraham's faith too, because we are blessed with him in the same way he was blessed. We are blessed. Amen. Only there's no stopping to what we we are blessed with. So we receive the atonement when we say yes to Jesus. To his offer to take all penalty and curse from us. He pays the penalty, purchases us out of the power of darkness, and imputes righteousness to us. All we have to do is accept and believe. 
acts, accept what he has done as total payment and believe that it works for us the same way it worked for him. Amen. Righteousness is righteousness. Amen. And it's imputed to us. So it's not our righteousness. It's his that we are able to walk in and able to receive so that our prayers work, our words work, our faith works, our love works. Everything about us works the same way it would in Jesus because we have him residing within us by the Holy Spirit to help us carry out the obedience to the word. When God tells you to do something, you're not doing it in your own power. You know, I wish people would stop trying to talk about how hard something is. You know, we need to just let go of our works and our effort and and let God come and show us his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Amen. And see, when we do that and we undertake that way, sometimes it shocks us, you know, how easy that was. It even embarrasses us. You mean to tell me I've been doing this this way all this time and all I had to do was let God have it and he gets it done for me? Well, remember that the next time you get busy trying to do something for God and, amen, get into works again. So it's a constant thing for us sometimes, you know, just fighting the good fight of faith, which means fighting our desire to do something to show God that we can do something. Amen. And we don't have anything to prove to him. Just let him see our faith. Amen. Every day, let him see um, the effect of faith. Let him see us being carefree and worshiping him and appreciating him. That's what God really wants. He wants us to lay down all this crazy stuff we do. Amen. Saying we're pleasing him. Thinking we're pleasing him. Just lay it all down and chill. And let him decide what your next move is going to be. Amen. And if you can, if you can stop yourself (laughs) from getting involved in the wrong way. So we need anything. We need healing, finances, peace of mind, reconciliation of relationships. We attain it by faith in what he has done and what we have just described. So I don't care what it is that's missing from your life. He supplies it. Amen. It's It's got to be done. And I tell people sometimes, I said, don't be so quick to give up on your relationships with people, on marriages. And, you know, I, it, it grieves me sometimes. I look at Facebook and they tell me, them people wasn't good enough for you and God's elevating you to better people. Well, who are you? You know, we're all living on borrowed righteousness, you know, imputed righteousness. If you're doing anything good or something's something's unique and wonderful about you, it's only because God's letting you have his. You don't have nothing of your own. And see, we want to walk over people. Maybe that's our problem. You know, people leave our lives because we don't know how to love them right. I said we don't know how to love them right. We're looking for them to make us feel good all the time. We need to learn how to love people right. Amen. And so once we we really understand what God's after, see, maybe maybe the total manifestation of your healing is on hold because he's after something inside of you. 
Amen. He's the potter. We're the clay. You know, the potter will take a, a, a pot that he just made, get it dried out, and if it don't look right, he breaks it again and grinds that down and starts all over again. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so let us not get so carried away. And I mean, there's some things that we do that, that, that prove that God is with us. You know, don't get me wrong. We, we can do some miraculous things in God. But that doesn't mean that you're perfect. That means he's perfect. Amen. And he found a willing vessel. And beyond that, we don't know what else it means. Amen. <laughs> it's like we say the faith accidents. Catherine Kuhlman was interesting. Uh, they say that uh, before uh, before she would go out to minister, she would just be pacing back and forth and worshiping God and praying and 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 not really certain God was going to show up that night. And you couldn't you couldn't complain about her faith in the meetings. But then there was this personal interaction between her and God, just like it is with us. You know, you get in the pulpit and you're really glad God shows up and uses you. Amen. But you couldn't tell anybody how that happens and how that happens consistently. And you're scared to take it for granted because you you just know one time maybe it won't. You know, I mean, I mean, God loves people and he wants to use us because he wants to help humanity. But he could get anybody. You understand? You, know, you have to have to use us all the time. So it's 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 amazing. So faith keeps us in this this race, folks. Faith is what keeps us going. It keeps us blessed and it keeps us understanding who we are and who God is. And and it's always there for us to use. Your faith is always available to you. It's never, never off on the sidelines somewhere taking a rest. Amen. So if, if we can keep that in mind, I think we can please God and stay out of works. Quit trying to bear our own stripes so that we can get healed. Do things good enough, 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 enough. <laughs> it's amazing our Savior did it one time and that was sufficient. Amen. And here we doing things over and over again and still don't feel like we're doing enough. But God wants us to have the kind of faith that gives us rest from our works. Amen. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your faith. It's the faith of the Son of God that we use and we're so thankful for the opportunity to use that we honor you lord and we love you in jesus name amen and praise god why don't we do our declaration i don't have rona and she don't have me i can't get rona and she can't get me and lord i thank you that by your stripes we are healed Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God.